I want to preach a message called Yoked to the Comforter. And I, I really just had this idea about being in partnership with the Holy Spirit in prophecy. For some months, uh, we, we felt like we needed to preach on prophecy. As we, whenever we got together, the team, and we were talking through the sermon series, and where are we going, and what, what direction do we think the church needs to go in, what should we feed our people, this idea of the manifestation gift of prophecy, to encourage and comfort and edify one another. And uh, the, as the team has been out ministering, we've just seen an uptick on the Lord just provoking us to prophesy, and the stories of those prophetic ministries has been profound and amazing, life-altering, and so we just felt like for some months we should get on this sermon series about prophecy, and we just couldn't see where to fit it in, and so about three, four months ago, we put it in these two weeks, and it's, and it's an important two weeks. It doesn't really fit with the rest of it, but we really did feel like it's something that's on the heart of God. So I want to talk this morning a little bit about the manifestation gift of prophecy that the Bible says we should all adhere to and we should all be part of. But I, I, I came up with this idea that we're set in a yoke with the person that Jesus said would be the comforter. You are bound, because the scripture says anyone who unites himself to the Lord has become one with him in his spirit. You're in yoke with the Holy Spirit, who Jesus called the comforter. And so when the Holy Spirit came into the meeting this morning and you want to be in yoke with him, he has come with an agenda. He has a very, very deliberate agenda, and uh, he wants to minister to people around you. And this dream uh, both encompasses our corporate life and your life individually. The Holy Spirit in the Scripture it says, um, Corinthians 6 talks about he, you, your body physically, personally, as an individual, you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And Corinthians 12 talks about us as a group, we. So it, it uses both your body individually and our group, our body as a church together in, as places where the Holy Spirit dwells, that we are His temple. Peter uses the same analogy, like living stones, we together are being built into a temple in which God lives by his Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit's dream is not just for you personally, but for us corporately. And so when the Holy Spirit uh, is here this morning, I guarantee you the Comforter has something on his agenda for you personally and for us corporately. And so he either because you and I are yoked with the Holy Spirit, either he's going to drag me into blessing you because I'm unwilling, or I get to partner with him and say, Lord, what would you like me to do? That's the better way. Because when I, when I go, Lord, I really would like to be used of you, he goes, oh, that's, I'm great, because come here, come here, uh, just say this to this person. Or, or, or whisper that encouragement. Or, or hey, just, but I don't understand what that means. It doesn't matter. You don't have to know. Just say this. Okay. You're in a yoke with the person whom Jesus said, I will send to you another comforter, a counselor, one who pleads on your behalf. You're invited alongside with him to build up and to encourage and to comfort people around you. Because I guarantee you that's his agenda this morning. Oh, but Greg, isn't the Holy Spirit going to point out people's sin? No, he's going to tell the world about their sin. He's going to tell you about how close you are to God and how much the Father loves you. He's going to whisper to you about the fact that you are a child of God. That's why the Bible says he's going to cry within you, Abba, Father. So your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to partner with a comforter in changing the lives of the people around you for the better and for the good. And the idea here is not to be the shining star of this production, 
but the obedient cause of blessing in other people's lives. We've said it before, and I want to say it again. We want to be the best delivery service that we can be. Our job is to be the people who deliver what the Holy Spirit is saying to other people. My UPS guy at the door does not give me the gift, does not bring my wife the gift I ordered for her and then wait to comment. Wow, your husband's been really generous to you. Hmm, he must like you. I don't think he should have been that generous with her, do you? And so many times we want to deliver what the Holy Spirit is saying to the, to the bride of Jesus, but we want to stand around and comment as though we were owed. This is something that the Holy Spirit wants to do to the body of Christ, and he wants to ask you, would you like to be part of it? So I, I, I'm going to ask Michelle to just share a few words, and we'll be back then, but I feel like there's something on the heart of God. I really do. In this next couple of weeks, I feel like there are words that the Holy Spirit wants to use you to share with other people so that we can all be encouraged and comforted. That's perfect. Well, we're tag-teaming a bit today. I'm really excited about what the Lord has for us this morning. I, I just wanted to spend a few minutes on talking about the prophetic ministry from a relational point of view. Because I think everything we do and believe in the kingdom must be rooted in relationship. We are in relationship with a living God. It is a living relationship with a real God. Otherwise, these gifts that we talk about are just religious practices, but they are not. They are rooted in relationship with a real God. So in a good relationship, we talk to one another. We communicate our hearts and our desires and we, we share what, what we're feeling because we cannot say, I have a really close relationship with someone and we never talk to each other. Or we, we hardly have any communication because that would be deemed an estranged relationship or really no relationship at all. And so we are invited into this living relationship with Jesus who loves us passionately and he loves to speak to us. Listen to John 10, 27. It says, my sheep, my children, my beloved ones, hear my voice, and they know me, and they follow me. When you know somebody well, you can identify their voice in a room without seeing them. The people that I'm close to can come into a room, and there can be other people speaking, but I can I hear their voice, I recognize their voice, and that's his heart for us. Kind words, we all know this, kind words build us up. Kind words give you courage when you're discouraged, right? But harsh words can bruise us, and I'm sure we could go around the room and you can each have a story of both. Harsh words hurt, and they can rob us of our confidence. Listen to Proverbs 18. Proverbs 12, 18, it says, reckless words are like the thrust of a sword, cutting remarks meant to stab and to hurt. But the words of the wise soothe and heal, the power of words. Now let's look at our verse about prophecy in connection to relationship and the power of words. 1 Corinthians 14 from verse one says, it is good, <clears throat> it is good that you are enthusiastic and passionate about spiritual gifts. 
So he's not saying ignore the other spiritual gifts. He said it's really good that you're excited about the gifts. And if you've been at Northlands for any period of time, you know that we're excited about the gifts God's given us. But then he says, especially prophecy. When someone speaks in tongues, no one understands what he says because he's not speaking to people but to God. He's speaking intimate mysteries in the spirit. But when someone prophesies, he speaks to encourage, to build up, and to bring comfort. The one who speaks in tongues advances his own spiritual progress, that's a good thing. But then it says, while the one who prophesies builds up the church. You can see the heart of the Father here. So why does he say especially prophecy? Why should we desire that? Sadly, we shrink away from it sometimes because we don't understand it, but I believe that's gonna change this morning. I believe it's because, because this gift of prophecy speaks directly to the heart of a good father. Words that we give and words that we receive need to be filtered through. Is this going to encourage? Is this going to strengthen? Is this going to build up? Because that's what a good parent always wants to do, a good friend. Jeff Jansen says the following. When we give a prophetic word to someone, we become supernatural connectors. It's like we plug them into heaven. He says, as we open our mouth and speak prophetic words, the realm of glory is made manifest and we connect someone to heaven's encouragement. I just love that, that all of us have this amazing opportunity to connect somebody else to the encouragement of heaven. Someone else is speaking in my ear. <laughs> Most of us, here's the thing. If I've messed up, I don't need you to remind me about that. Most of us don't need to be reminded that we messed up, and we all are gonna mess up. It doesn't take a whole lot of discernment to know that, right? But I need somebody to see beyond the mess and to recognize that there's more to me than this mistake that I made, than this failure, than this bad season. That's not who I am. And the amazing thing is that you and I can be that person. We can be the person that sees and speaks to the treasure. We can speak to the truth of who that person is. We can bring a word that will encourage and build up again. Prophetic words from the Spirit of God also speak to somebody's identity. How you are seen by your heavenly Father. Why are there so often tears, and if you've, minister to people prophetically, you know what I'm talking about. Somebody will come up and their life is just not in the best space that it's been. But you will, you will speak a word to them and suddenly tears come. I've seen that on some of the hardest looking faces. It's because truth is being spoken. It's because something deep down inside recognizes me beyond my current circumstances. Something connects me deep down inside and I witness with this truth, with this encouragement and suddenly I feel strong again. Somebody's seen me, this is who I am. See, something happens both in our faith level and in the spiritual realm when truth is spoken because words have tremendous power. Let me read a few verses from Judges 6 because this story of Gideon demonstrates this so well that we're talking about today. 
It says, when the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all the wonders? Why didn't the Lord bring us out of Egypt? I'm paraphrasing here. God has abandoned us. It sounds like some of us sometimes. God says a word, but this is who you are, and we give all the excuses why this can't possibly be true. And God didn't even engage Gideon in the negative speech. This is what the Lord's response to Gideon was. He said, go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? And then he again says, how can I save Israel? The Lord says, I will be with you. I will be with you and you will strike down the Midianites. Let me show you what, what I see in this passage of scripture. The first thing he says to Gideon is, the Lord is with you. What is he doing? He's bringing a word of comfort to him. He says, I am with you. He comforts him and he says, you're not alone. The second thing he does is he speaks to his identity. He's, he calls him a mighty warrior. Some versions say a mighty man of courage. He strengthens Gideon by speaking truth to him. And at the time, he didn't look anything like a mighty warrior. He was coming out of hiding, which probably most of us would be in the same place if we were being pursued by the enemy. But God sees way beyond Gideon's fear and his behavior, and he says, you're a mighty warrior. And then he says to him, go. Go in the strength that you have and save Israel. And this is my interpretation of that. The only strength that I can see in this moment in Gideon is what's been spoken over him. His strength came from the words spoken over him. And I believe the Lord was saying to him, Gideon, step into who I say you are. Step into my truth. And these life-giving words were what connected Gideon to heaven's encouragement and gave him faith. The Lord connected Gideon to the truth of who he was. Let me read you 1 Timothy 1.18, and, and Greg's gonna expound more on the scripture in a minute. But it says, Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you, that so by recalling them, you might fight the battle well. You see, when we, when we believe the truth about who God says we are, and the life-giving words spoken about us, because he says, I'm giving you this command with the prophecy spoken about you. So these words spoken about us are the words that enable us to stand in victory, the words that enable us to stand against condemnation, against failure, against rejection, against accusation. See, when the enemy comes and says, you're, you're a failure or you're a coward, you can say, that's not who I am. I am a mighty warrior because my father says, I am, I am qualified because this is who my father says I am. I'm qualified because of whose I am. Let's go back to our 1 Corinthians 14 scripture. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gift of prophecy, especially prophecy. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. You see, this amazing gift is the heart of the father. And I think this motivation should be ours. Our motivation to prophesy should be that I get to come alongside somebody and I get to encourage them and strengthen them. I get to comfort them. So rather than shy away from the prophetic, 
I want to encourage us as a church to take a different posture and say, thank you, Lord, that I can partner with you to encourage somebody else. I get to partner with the King of Kings to put weapons in the hands of his people against the accusation of the enemy. That's an amazing thing that we get to do. And I promise you this, that you will be amazed, because I've seen this, you will be amazed at how the simplest words spoken will be the very thing that somebody needs to hear. The simplest words spoken can have the most profound effect on somebody, and it might be just what they needed to hear. So let's take that, that posture as a church. Lord, we wanna partner with you to encourage your bride. We wanna partner with you to put weapons in the hands of your people against any accusation that the enemy could bring. Thank you. All righty. Bible says we should eagerly desire to prophesy. I didn't make that up, I didn't write that, that's what the Bible says. And so you have to, you have to sort of settle it in your heart. Uh, if I'm gonna be somebody who's a Bible-believing Christian, because a lot of people say that, but then when it comes to these scriptures, they go, yeah, no, no, that's not for me. But I'm just telling you, the Bible says in a New Testament context that you and I should eagerly desire to function in this gift. So let me show you this in a, in a bunch of scriptures. Uh, you and I have got to kind of gird our hearts for action. We've got to go, okay, this is the yoke I'm in. I'm yoked with the, with the Holy Spirit. He wants to comfort people. And when I eagerly desire to function in the gift when I'm working with, it's kind of like I'm leaning forward with him in the yoke. And, uh, but if, I'm, if I resist and I don't want to do this, now, now the Holy Spirit has to either leave me be, he has to go do it, but he kind of wants to drag me into it. Come with me, son. So saying yes, desiring to prophesy, say, Lord, use me. I really would like to be used. And I've discovered in this gift, in manifestation gifts especially, this gift of prophecy comes by desire. If I go, Lord, I really would like, give me a word for somebody. He goes, sure, boom. It's as easy and as quick as that. So when you say yes and you desire prophecy, you'll discover the thrill of adventure of walking with the Lord in this. So Corinthians 14.1 says, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. Nothing vague there. This is the one. So, well, of the seven manifestation gifts, of the nine, sorry, nine manifestation gifts, which one should I choose? This one, prophecy. Corinthians 14.4 and 12. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. So it is with you. Be eager to have spiritual gifts, especially the ones, excel in the ones that build up the church. And he's already told you the prophecy builds up the church. Try and excel in gifts that build other people up. Corinthians 14.39. Therefore, my brothers, be eager to prophesy, but don't, forgive, don't forbid the speaking in tongues. There is a call to you to be eager to prophesy. I was just sitting back there, and I knew I was gonna preach this, so I, I, Kelly was in my line of sight. So I'm just gonna pick on you if you don't mind. I looked at you, and I saw the, I saw the father holding up, um, what's that thing you hold up when you wanna kiss somebody? That's, what's that? Mistletoe. And I was like, that's a funny picture for me to get, but I just saw God, and the Lord said, tell Kelly, that I've appointed a season. It's like, because if you're holding up mistletoe, it's, you're just creating an excuse, right? You're like, look, oh, there's mistletoe. You have to kiss me. And I feel like the Lord, the Lord has, is going to generate opportunities. It's like, is it appointed a season for you to be tender and intimate and kind and gentle with you? 
And every time you look, you're going to hear, you know, the Father's right there. He is creating opportunities to meet with you. And that's the season you're in. And it's not going to go away. And nothing anybody can do is going to change that because the Father has appointed the season for you. And that's what he's going to be doing. It's very cool. I was kind of jealous of that word. Now, now let me explain something to you. I really believe it's a word for Kelly. I really believe the Lord has appointed for her. But if it's anybody sitting in the meeting because the manifestation gift for prophecy is supposed to make the heart of God manifest. And if you go, hey, that's my father's heart, you could just reach over and poach that word as well. Say, Lord, I'll take that for me. But three of you said, I'll try. <laughs> go for it. You can just poach that. To the Jacob family, I just really feel like the Lord's appointed a season for you guys. Your sons, there's a, there's a, there's a few steps up. Favor's coming on you as a family. It's partly because, yeah, because God wants to bless you. He wants to honor you as parents, and so he's going to favor your kids. There's promotion, I see. There's, there's acclamations, people recognition. It's just like a, a few steps up. They're just going to get, it's like a season. It's coming on you guys. But I don't want you to miss that when you see it because you're going to go, oh, that's just because they're brilliant kids or they're just really gifted at this. Now, the Lord wants you to know that, that part of why he's launching them is because he's saying to you, well done. It's his favor. The, 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 the point here is, folks, this is, not, this is not like, you don't have to be like profound or, or deep. You just have to have a passion to say, Lord, I want to partner with you in comforting and strengthening and encouraging these people. But Greg, isn't there a scripture somewhere that says the Holy Spirit will give out these gifts as he wills. Yes, it is. It's found in Corinthians 12, 11. But it's talking in the context of in a specific meeting, the Holy Spirit will, just, will direct the meeting and he'll give different gifts. But that doesn't mean that the Bible doesn't say that everybody can prophesy. Everybody should desire prophecy and everybody can prophesy. That's what the scripture says. Everyone can prophesy. So, well, where's that in the scriptures? 1 Corinthians 14, 5. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather that you prophesy. Verse 29, two or three prophets should speak and the rest should weigh carefully what is said and if a revelation comes to someone sitting down, the first speaker should stop for you can all prophesy in turn so that everybody can be instructed and encouraged. Corinthians 14, 39, be eager to prophesy. In the last days, the God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people and your sons and daughters will prophesy. I'll pour out my spirit on all people and everybody is going to prophesy. So the Bible says, eagerly desire it. You can all function in this gift. Thirdly, I want to say that this gift is designed, manifestation gift prophecy is designed for only four things. Don't step out of these boundaries. Don't try and prophesy somebody's husband or wife. Don't prophesy. This is not for direction or correction. This is meant to encourage and comfort and strengthen people. It's not for you to look good. It's not for you to make your bones prophetically. It's not for you to shine in the spotlight. Your job is to deliver something that will encourage somebody else. And then they have to go and respond to the Lord with what he said to them. But it's designed to do four things. It's designed to strengthen, encourage comfort and position you for battle. Those four things. So I've had people come to me, hey, the Lord would say unto thee, I'm like, already I'm out. I'm out. Because, because you don't have to say all of that. I, I know that that's a style thing, but you don't have to say all of that. You can just come and be normal with me and say, I really believe this is what the Lord is saying to you. And I can hear that. And, uh, and I'm listening for it. But the Bible teaches, and we can get to it, that I have to weigh what you said. Don't, don't position it like you, you're beyond me weighing what you said. Right? 
We all know that the Godhead is attached to each specific set of gifts. We know this. The Father gives grace gifts, Jesus gives ascension gifts, and the Holy Spirit gives manifestation gifts. Of each three set of gifts, the only gift that is common to all of those is prophecy. Grace gift people who have the grace to prophesy, just like they have the grace to lead or the grace to be hospitable. You, 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 if you're a leader, you wake them up at three o'clock in the morning and you put, prop them up, they're going to start leading because it's a grace, it's an ability that they have. And one of those abilities, to some people, God gives the ability to speak truth, to perceive where people are, to get a sense of who they are and what's going on and where God's dealing with them. That, if, if God has graced you like that, that's what you always see. You think everybody can function like that, but not everybody does. That's the, gra- that's the grace gift to prophesy. It's not designed to be corrective and directive. It's designed to understand people and help them see where they are in life. Then there are some people who are called to the office of prophet. Office prophets tend to be the kind of people that Jesus uses to speak into the foundations of churches. They can be directive. They can sometimes be corrective. Agabus is probably the primary example in the New Testament of an office prophet who spoke about things called, there's a famine going on. This is what's going to happen. He started to call people, directed people's lives. But even those people, he came to Paul and tied him up with his own belt and said, this is what they're going to do to you in Jerusalem. But even Paul said, yeah, I'm still going to go. So even if it's an office prophet, doesn't mean that you have to do whatever they say. No, you have to say thank you for that. No, I appreciate it. So there are grace, people grace to prophesy. There are people who are in the office of a prophet. And then there is the rest of the body of Christ, includes everybody in this room, who have been given the opportunity to function in the manifestation gift of prophecy. Because the Holy Spirit gives these nine gifts to everybody that he lives in. So if you're indwelt by the Holy Spirit, if you've come to faith in Jesus Christ, if you've asked him to fill you, then those gifts are abilities that are within you because they're the gifts of the Spirit. And so anytime you open to them, anytime you eagerly desire them, the Holy Spirit can function in any one of those nine gifts through your life. All right? So uh, what we're talking about is we're talking about this manifestation gift of prophecy for you to bring encouragement and comfort. This comes from Corinthians 14.3. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening. Some versions mean, say, edification, sometimes build them up to strengthen people, to encourage them. Some versions say exhort, to point, say, hey, you should, you want to try this, you should do this, and comfort, edification, exhortation and comfort, strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. So when you want to be used of the Lord, it, ask yourself, listen, it, does it strengthen? Does it encourage? Does it comfort? If it doesn't, don't do it. I've had people come, and you know, honestly, it feels like they're just trying to be pompous. That's it, what it feels like to me. Can I, can I say stuff like that? That's what it feels like to me. Like, I like, I like, this is not about me. This is about you. You're trying to look good. You're trying to be impressive. I... I I'm, I'm seriously put off by that, honestly. Can I just say that out loud? But, but when people come and they, and they really have a hunger to comfort me and they feel like they've listened to God, almost every time it has power, it has authority to stir my spirit and give me hope. And I, and I, and I come shiny-eyed into the presence of the Lord again with, with some energy, some life being built into my spirit. Let's be those kind of people. Because it has such power to change lives. Yeah, we'll get there. Woo. There's so many testimonies 
There's so many testimonies flying around in my head about these kinds of realities. So we, we said there's four issues. There's encouragement, strengthening, and comforting people. And then Timothy 18, which is the scripture Michelle spoke about last, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies that were once made about you so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. The, uh, it, it's got to give somebody uh, courage to stand or fight. And if it doesn't, see, <laughs> I hear some prophecies and then they start to beat up on the body of Christ. And they start to add condemnation. And you better shine up your ugly thing and because you didn't do this and so, that's why. And I'll go, whoa, I'm out. I'm out. Because that's not adding life to me. That's not adding courage to me. That's saying God doesn't like you. You, you stepped wrong and now God's disfavor is on you. All that nonsense. That's not what we call to prophesy. That's not consistent with the gospel of Jesus Christ. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And if you're prophesying to somebody in Christ and you add condemnation to it, you're not in yoke with the Holy Spirit whose job is to comfort them. I feel like I'm speaking too fast. I've got to get through a lot, but I'm just, I'm just saying to you, there is, a, there is a thing. Manifestation gift property is to strengthen and to encourage and to comfort and to give them just sheer boldness to stand against when the press is on them or to fight when they feel like God's calling them to do it. I give you this command in keeping with the prophecies. I'm giving you teachings, Paul says. Timothy, I was there. I heard them prophesy. You're destined by God to be a leader in the church of God, but you have this timidity on you. So I'm writing to you to say, just shake off that timidity, Timothy, because I was there. I heard the prophetic call of God. You're supposed to be a leader in the church of God. You're supposed to be valiant. You're supposed to be leading God's people. So, so, so Timothy, I'm writing this to you, and I'm giving you instructions. Shake it off, son, because you need to step up because God's got something. And he said, so if you keep this word, it'll help you fight. Here we go. Number four, every prophecy should be judged. What? Surely not mine. Every prophecy, every prophecy should be judged. This means I don't care how cute they are. I don't care how spiritual they are. I don't care how great a track record they have. If you come, somebody brings you a prophetic word, you have a responsibility to judge that word. <sighs> 1 Thessalonians 5. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject any kind of evil. Test them all. Hold on to every good one. That means there are going to be some that you don't hold on to. The problem we have sometimes in the church is that because we know in part and we prophesy in part, nobody gets it right all the time. And, and so that's a given. And, and the, the only reason I am confident to encourage the whole church to step out and function in, in prophecy is because I make such a big deal about this reality that it is our responsibility to judge what is said. Not to just whatever, it must be God. Amen? 
There's a check and balance. For we know in part and we prophesy in part, for now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now we know in part, then we shall know fully, even as we're fully known. We had a fascinating issue last year, January. Michelle, for a couple of weeks, had felt this thing. She'd be with the Lord and she'd hear, I can't breathe. And so she came to me, this has been going on for weeks, and she came to me in the service, and she goes, the Lord keeps talking to me about I can't breathe, and I, I don't know what, it, what it's about. And, and so we, we had her get up and prophesy in church, and we said, maybe there's people here, because we, 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 we made this application, and we, and we got people to stand, we prayed, and some people got healed, and it was wonderful. And then a couple of months later, then we had some, the George Floyd incident, and then we had COVID hit, and then people were going, this became, I can't breathe, became a kind of a watchword over the year. And we were like, oh, that's what the Lord was talking about. See, we know in part and we prophesy in part. We don't always get it. We heard something, and, I, and that wasn't her fault. I mean, it was my fault as an administrator is that I should have taken it and said, Lord, what are you talking about? We could, have, we could have caught something more. Do you understand? But here's the point. If we know in part and we prophesy in part, then my part of the prophecy may only just be a part of the picture. Maybe we need everybody to step up and prophesy, and then maybe we get the whole picture. If I bring a piece of the puzzle, that may be a brilliant piece of the puzzle, but it's, not, it's only a piece of the puzzle. We need everybody to join us. Come on, get yoked in. Let's go. There's something I believe the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to give multiple encouragements. See, I don't think that everybody should just get one word. I think if everybody had three or four words and they were all the same from three or four different people, you'd start to go, woo. I'm going to go trust God. Two or three prophets should speak, Corinthians 14, 29, and the others should weigh carefully what is said. But I, don't you understand who I am? Yep. I understand that you are subject to the word of God, which says I should judge your prophecy. But I'm a deeply spiritual person. Yep, Paul says. If somebody who considers himself a prophet or spiritually gifted, if they don't take note of what I've written here, then you shouldn't take note of anything they say. That's what Paul said. I know I'm, I'm knocking on the door here because I'm trying to get everybody to prophesy, but I want to create an environment where everybody's prophecy is, every prophecy is weighed by you. So you say, well, then the obvious question is, Greg, how do I weigh a prophecy? Because Thessalonians 5, just in recap, Thessalonians 5 says, test them all. Uh, Corinthians 13 says, we only prophesy in part. And Corinthians 14 says, weigh carefully everything that is said. So how do I judge every prophecy? Here we go. Am I not going too fast? Are you still with me? Does this prophecy, first question, does this prophecy edify, exhort, comfort, and supply courage to stand or fight? Is it actually the prophecy? Is it the kind of prophecy that I'm looking for? Because people who want to come and direct and correct my life and this manifestation gift prophecy and they, don't, and they not, don't have a long line of history of being serving in the local church, I'm going, yeah, no thanks. I don't really want to hear about that. Not, not the kind of prophecy I'm interested in. Far too many people want to control other people by, and they, and they, because they, they've been hinting for years and nobody's listening to them. So they think if I prophesy, then everybody's honor bound to do the prophecy. Well, let's not use prophecy. Does this prophecy edify, exhort, comfort, and, and give me courage to stand or fight? Number two, does it conform to Scripture? Obviously. The, the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. So the Holy Spirit never contradicts the Word that He helped write and inspire and translate, and He continues to help 
be made manifest. The Holy Spirit doesn't fight himself. Any prophetic word will be in line with the scripture as revealed. The nature of God is revealed in the scripture. Number three, does the prophet and the prophecy glorify Jesus and represent him accurately? I, I'm telling you, I've been in meetings where, where, where the guy who's prophesying or the girl who's prophesying is one of the most grumpy, ugly individuals on the planet. Hallelujah. Surly, arrogant. I'm like, no thanks. Now I know Jesus can use anything. Jesus can use anyone. He has to, by definition, use people who are not perfect. Because otherwise, he'd never use you or I. But one of the issues is, is this the nature of Jesus? And the person who's trying to give me this word, are they living it? I've actually stopped some people. I've forbidden some people to prophesy in the church. Because when I've looked at their lives, I've said, there's nothing about you that allows you to speak into other people's lives. I'm not asking for perfection. I'm just saying there has to be a certain standard that we all have to live to. Number four, is this prophecy free of manipulation, control, or condemnation? Because again, I want to say to you, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And if you want to come prophesy to me, but you want to add some condemnation, I'm saying you don't understand the spirit. You don't understand the gospel. You don't understand the, the covenant that you're in. Because you're coming at me like an Old Testament prophet, and they died out. The last of them was John the Baptist. Since then, there's supposed to be a new breed that encourages and comforts and, and lifts us up. Now, I've run out of time, but let me, let me just go quickly to how to give a prophecy. How to give a prophecy. Be passionate to serve, to build people up, to encourage and comfort people. Honestly, it starts there, because you're in yoke with the comforter. You're harnessed. You're, you're lockstep with the comforter. And I'm telling you now, I'm telling you, there are people in this meeting that the Holy Spirit wants to speak a word to. He wants to comfort them. And if you get in line, if you start leaning forward, say, Lord, how can I comfort them? How can I encourage them? How can I strengthen them? What are you doing? For me, I'm always in this conversation. Holy Spirit, what do you want to say to them? Is there anything I can say on your behalf? And the moment I go there, he, he is so faithful because you'd be surprised at how eager the Holy Spirit is to use you to comfort somebody. So set that as your heart, as your default setting. Lord, I want to be used. Number two, respect the person. It's very easy to feel like I've heard from God so I can speak down to the person or I can not give dignity to the person or I can not be sensitive to the person. Because sometimes when, we, when we're sharing with the heart of God, sometimes he's touching on some things that are very deep and very sometimes intimate. And so many, many times when the Lord gives me a word, I have a sense of more than I say, if, if I'm saying it publicly, I'm very seldom when I prophesy publicly do I say everything that I feel like the Lord's told me because the public thing is just to make his heart manifest. The real things that are going on are many, many times. Uh, just, but you have to respect the person. What happens if there's somebody sitting here and, they, and, they, and they're struggling with depression? 
and the comforter wants to comfort them. And you go, you know that problem you have with depression? No, they don't have a problem with depression. The enemy's trying to attack them. Don't now labor. You, know, you understand? We can, if we don't respect the person, we can say things inadvertently trying to help them that are not helpful. They're not depressed people. The enemies laid a trap for them, and they, got, they fell into the trap, just like you and I fall into traps every now and again. may not be that one, but you fall into a few. Let's respect the person. So let's be eager to serve, respect the person, consider the context. Sometimes, uh, <laughs> if I'm going to speak a word to somebody that's a tender, intimate word, and it, and it has some content, I need to speak to them. But I need to understand the context. I can't just... Uh, uh, speak to a child and not consider their parents because they're the person who's in authority. I'd, I'd very seldom speak to a wife without asking a husband to be there. Don't do that, general rule. I, I, tend, I tend to try and be respectful and watch the context. Who uh, needs to hear this word together with this person because sometimes if it's really accurate, they get so blown away that they forget what, they just have an encounter, but they forget, the, so it's nice to have somebody there who can just verify for you. Number four, make sure that you manifest the Lord's nature. You're <laughs> you are more responsible than ever to manifest the Lord's nature when you say you've heard from God. If you claim to have heard from God, that moment is the most poignant as to how you manifest Him, how you make Him known. Because I, well, I, I've heard from God, and then, and then I can be arrogant and pompous the next second. I'm not sure that that's the best way. Am I making sense? So we, we're going to just go, I'm going to manifest the Lord's nature. And lastly, we let the Scriptures provide the authority. I don't mind, I really don't mind having the Scripture hold me accountable. So I can't say anything that the Scriptures don't say. Scripture is my rule for faith and life. It's my authority for how I live. It's the, it's the basic standard of truth. Now I know we're running out of time. But I just want to put it to practice. I just want to dare you. As you say, Greg, this, how hard is this? This is not hard. This is as simple as saying, Holy Spirit, could you give me a word for that person? Choose somebody. But shouldn't the Holy Spirit choose? Yeah, he can. But when I was learning, I, I used to do this. I'd say, Lord, give me a word for that person. And I've never seen him fail. He's never not given me something. Because you're, you're not the motivation, you're not the engine room behind him wanting to strengthen and encourage and comfort. His nature, he is who he is. He wants to strengthen and encourage and comfort. He, what he's asking is, is there somebody here who wants to partner with me? And the moment you lean forward and say, Lord, I, I'm in, he goes, great, here we go. And so what I've, I've started with, I, I choose somebody, and that's what I'm going to recommend you do. Pick somebody in the room right now. Could be somebody in your family. Could be somebody that you see. And just say, Lord, would you, what do you want to do? What do you want to say to them? And as you do, you'll find the Holy Spirit will come and he'll use the furnishings of your mind. 
He's going to take something you know, a scripture you know, a thing that you saw, a picture in your mind, and he'll weave together an understanding in your heart. And once you get a sense of that, like, I feel like this is what the Lord is trying to say. You don't have to make stuff up. You don't have to make it profound. Just deliver what you feel like the Lord is saying. Now, we may not have time at the end of the service for everybody to get up and prophesy. There is going to be some mingling, I'm sure. And, and if uh, you get an opportunity as we're going out, grab somebody and say, hey, you know, I, I was praying for you. And I feel like this is what the Lord is saying. I guarantee you. I guarantee you that you'll start to see God begin to use you. If you don't catch them at this meeting, put in an email, a text, make a phone call. Uh, I, I can't say 100%, but 99.9% of the time when I do this, I just call someone. I was praying for you. I just feel like this is what the Lord's saying. People go, thank you so much. That's just what I needed to hear. I had a friend who's years ago, many years ago, he'd started in the ministry and I was helping him and he built a church. He built a 2,000-seat auditorium and it was just about killed him. And I, I walked with him through that and, and uh, he's, he's now building a 5,000-seater. And I hadn't spoken to him for a year and I just felt like the Holy Spirit gave me a word for him. I was praying and he reminded me of this guy and I prayed for him I called him up. He got on the phone and we chatted, chit-chatted a little while and I said, hey, this is what I just feel like the Lord's saying to you. The Lord's saying, you, you've, been, you've been on a history, you've been on a road and the Lord wants to remind you, you know me, you know how I function in these things. And the guy starts crying, he goes, man, I just, and he explains about this building, they're just about to finish their building now. Now my word didn't make the building happen. My word didn't, it just gave him courage. Just gave him a little courage, a little strength to stand. There are some people here, they're going to get through, they'll make it through, but you can make it, you can comfort them on the way. You can strengthen them in their faith. You can encourage them to be more than they are right now. And this I promise you, I guarantee you, on the authority of the Word of God, the Holy Spirit wants to use you. And you may be saying, but Greg, I, I, I don't, I'm not big enough. I'm not. I just want to say, your calf muscle has one thing, it just contracts, and your ligaments pull, and your, your, your leg works. Every little muscle has only one thing, pretty much it does. But they have to all work together. You go, but I'm not connected to anybody great. I'm just going, you need to just encourage the part of the body that's right next to you. Because if you can give them courage and strength and, and fire, then everything works better. So I'm going to give you 30 seconds right now to pick somebody. And if you can't think of anyone, pick me. <laughs> and say, Lord, give me a word for them. Are you ready? I guarantee you're not going to wait more than half a second before the Holy Spirit starts speaking. Because if you lean forward and say, Lord, use me. Instantly, he's going to start speaking. So here we go. Ask the Lord for somebody in this room. Let's do it. Lord, we pray right now. Give us a word for somebody. Give us clarity and empower us, Lord. Give us the authority to encourage and comfort and strengthen them.
and get them ready for the fight. In Jesus' name. Alrighty. You either got to catch them on the way out or you can email them or phone them. But let's go for it. And I tell you what, for those adventurous of you, pick at least one a day. At least one a day. At least one a day. That's not hard. For the next week. Amen? Let me just add my two cents. I'm going to change hats. Uh, Saturday, we do a 12-hour. We used to do a 24-hour. It used to be from 7 to 7 uh, in the evening, Friday night to Saturday night. But then I used to be one of two people here at 3 to 5 in the morning. So we decided we're going to change it to a 12 hours. That way at least there's a bunch of us for the whole 12 hours. Some of it is going to be just a gentle, kind of tender, intimate praise and worship for an all hour. We're just going to worship the Lord, sing new songs, write stuff, prophesy. Some of it is going to be soaking sessions where we're talking about, where you can just soak, there'll be worship music on, but there'll be a questionnaire that'll guide you through just thinking about certain issues and musing and praying with the Holy Spirit. Some is going to be intercession sessions where we pray for our families and we pray for the nation. And, and there's just an hour of prayer where we come. Each one will be led by one of the elders or guided by somebody who just lead us through that hour. And then there's going to be two uh, sessions where it's a, the full band and we're going to have blowout praise and worship for an hour. And so um, we are still going to be wearing masks, but when, there's not going to be chair seating allocated for you, but we're asking you to come and be wise and find a place that's not right on top of somebody else. And you can worship and celebrate the Lord. Some of the most sweet moments, some of the most interesting revelations, some of the most tender things have happened to me in t- times like this. And I couldn't recommend it more highly. So if you, ha- if you can possibly make it next, uh, next Saturday, come and join us. I think it's going to be an impactful thing. Thanks so much. Share those words. Amen.